My bathroom has a towel rack. Uh huh. I hate it. I'm sorry. End of story. Okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the podcast. Uh oh man, what do I call it? a soup box? Welcome to Soup Box, a podcast <laughs> where we give people a soap box to talk about their favorite kinds of soup. And by soup, you know, trice it could be anything, you know? Oh. <laughs> I changed it, you know? Okay. I called it games, and it will probably mostly be games, but we can talk about I want to talk about scented candles. Let's talk about scented candles. What do you have to say about scented candles? I'm I'm not a fan. No? Are you sure? Just, it's a little much. Yeah. Just choose one or the other. Candles or, like... Or scents. Or scents. (laughs) Yeah, I I hear that. It makes sense. Because, okay, let's see. You've got... uh, Who... Let's see. <laughs> Let's say you've got a bunch of scented candles and the power goes out and then you have to light all these scented candles to get the lights going, but now your house smells like apple cinnamon and okay. sea salt and jasmine. And sea salt and jasmine. It's too many scents. But what if you only get one scent kind of scented candle ever? So like you have a whole bunch of them, but they're all the same I mean apple cinnamon or whatever. That would be good, but it won't happen. People that get scented candles go to the scented candle shop and go, Ew, what's that? Lemongrass and peppermint? Ew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the nature of the beast. But you like incense. Mm-hmm. What's, there's a little, uh, like, crossover there. Mm-hmm. It's a thing that you light that creates a scent in the room. Mm-hmm. That's why I said right at the beginning of this, one or Choose the other. The, okay, so don't like the the candle aspect of the scented candles. Yeah. Yeah, I just want an air freshener. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan of those hang in the dashboard air fresheners. Yeah. You like the new car smell? Like just the ones that say new car? I don't think they smell like new car. I like new car smell, but I don't think that the air fresheners do it. What What is that smell then? Because like you still know what it's like you could if I said it's the new factory. car. Right? Yeah, I guess. It's like if I say new car air fresher, you immediately have some idea yeah, of what that smells I, like. Oh, what the air freshener yeah. specifically? I don't know. I never thought it smelled like anything. Okay. Like I always just thought, oh, this smells bad. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I like new car smell, but actual new car smell, the authentic new car smell. Speaking of uh, car air fresheners, um, when I had – so. For backstory, my car had a little bit of a spill. I spilled a peanut butter smoothie in his car, and I didn't clean it up properly, so it got really moldy in there and smelled absolutely terrible. It smelled terrible for months, and like it, it was only in the like not for months. It we was didn't months. leave in it for that long. Oh, like no, like after after, okay, after yeah, yeah, cleaning yeah. it and stuff, it continued to have a faint. Well, for a while, it was still strong. Yeah. But then eventually, it was just like every once in a while, you'd get a whiff of it. Like, oh, there it is. And then, and then it you'd was, move on. But. It, it was because you'd like have the windows open to air out the smell. But then every time you'd get every time like, a get, red light, or there it, wasn't wind blowing in, and then you'd smell it. Exactly. But it was also anytime I'd get in the car. After oh, yeah. It after was a like hot, hot day. A yeah. hot day. You'd just like, it's just like baking in there. So now. I want to say what's what was in this smoothie because it was already kind of a gross smoothie. Okay. So it was peanut butter, protein mix, two eggs, yeah. milk, and cherries. cherries. It was it was like <laughs> even if it spilt there and we cleaned it all, it would be a weird smell. Yeah. Like even if it didn't go moldy, it was just the smell. It mm-hmm. was a weird smelling drink. It didn't even taste the good that good the rest of it. So I so I've we cleaned the whole car and got lots of air fresheners in and I have a I got an air freshener that just automatically sprays every once in a while. Um and it's still in there and but it's like it's somewhere deep in my car like under my seat or something. So every once in a while I'll just hear a psh yeah. <laughs> like what the and you'll get a a little whiff of like cinnamon or whatever it is. It's pretty fun. And this has been the scent corner. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining. Uh, no, we we got a little more. 
talk about. <laughs> we could just keep talking about scented stuff. If I'll you give want. you my two cents on that issue. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Apple. Cinnamon. There it is. So, Trice, we've been playing a game. Yeah. It's a, a game for the Nintendo Switch called The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Yeah, it's a remake from the a Game remake Boy and Game Boy Color. Of the 1993 oh, nice. Game Boy Classic. Check out those years. The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. What were you doing in 1993? I was about four years pre-existent. I was just swimming in my dad's balls, you know? <laughs> I guess that's one way of looking yeah. at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can keep that in. Oh, man. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, did you have any experience mm-hmm. with the original or the uh, the color version of The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My I- dad had it. Uh. And I think it was the only game he had on the Game Boy, at least when I was alive. He had the Game Boy and that Zelda game. <laughs> he said that so, like, when I was alive. I was alive once. He probably had Tetris, too. Everyone yeah. has Tetris. But he had Link's Awakening, and I remember not understanding it and being so, so confused at every moment. Because even now it's confusing, mm-hmm. kind of. And it kind of feels like when and you like play that, it, like that you was, don't know where you're going. That was also like one of our first experiences, like with a game, you know? Yeah. Like with a. Oh, you know what else he had? Donkey Kong. What would they call the Donkey Kong Country, but on the Game Boy? Donkey Kong Land. Donkey Kong Land. He had yeah, Donkey yeah. Kong Land. I remember that. We remember. I remember it being like, like so enamored by the yellow. Uh, cartridge. Yo, dude, the yellow cartridge <laughs> was so cool. Because he had like a few gray yeah, ones yeah, yeah. and then one yellow one. And we're like, what is this one? Yeah, I remember like playing N64 and like anytime there would be a special cartridge. Like we never got any of the cool ones, but when we'd we go. Donkey Kong. When we, we didn't have Donkey Kong. We, we didn't that, have Donkey Kong 64. No, we saw we it rented at like friends' it for houses. Sure. We rented it probably a few times, but I remember going to friends houses and being like whoa that one's yellow we had, we had a uh, black one yeah i was gonna say we had pro skater three yeah tony hawk pro skater three dude that's the jam it's probably the only one actually that we had that was colored can't think of another one yeah i don't think we did we had we had um a green of time but just gray yeah that would be the Have only you seen one. the doom cartridge is, is it red it's bright red yeah yeah it's really Sounds good awesome I remember the the one that I was always impressed by. Well, like first Donkey Kong, but I knew people that had that. I didn't know anybody that had Majora's Mask, mm-hmm. but I would see it in like the rent the rent yeah, game yeah, places, yeah. and it had the the three D cover right, too. Right, it was the coolest cartridge ever, and I remember like passing by and being like, "What is that?" Yeah, and then when asking about it, the them saying like it's Zelda and mom being like, "Oh, you already have Zelda." I was like, "Okay." I remember being so scared by Ocarina of Time, like as a as a kid who doesn't know what what we're playing really. Like, I didn't. I was too young to like actually get through a like full Zelda game. Really, like I don't think I really like beat a Zelda game till like I don't even know. What would have been the first yeah. Zelda game I beat? I don't know. Because it wasn't until way later that we actually got into like playing through Zelda. Yeah. I don't think I played through games until like Chibi Robo. Right. The GameCube era is definitely where we first started. Like, oh, oh I'm going to play a game and beat it now. You can beat games? <laughs> yeah. Because with, with Ocarina of Time, it was like we had a, we got a used cartridge that already had a like... Yeah pretty i don't know if it was complete but it was pretty far into and like, the game when we had the nes we were never gonna beat any game on the nes no no those are games that i think most people don't beat like because yeah. there's how no people... save function it's like get from yeah. one to the end how many people 
Everybody's played the original Mario. How many people have actually beat it? I don't think I have. I haven't. <laughs> it's hard. I've gotten decently far. But yeah. I know all the warp pipes I know. to get through to get there. Yeah, and even if you have beaten it, have you played every level? Definitely not. No. You've No, exactly. You've gone to the you warp know zone. About, you know about the warp zone in level two. Yeah, because it's level two gets you to four, and then the one in world four gets you to eight, and then you're already like, is it just eight worlds? I think it's six. I think you have to go through six, seven, eight. Like, I think there's... No, I remember. I remember because I was like, oh, no, maybe does it go to six? Four goes to six? Yeah, it's something like that. But then oh, I think then you have to... and then one goes backwards? I don't know. I would have to. I would have to look it up. I don't remember where all the warp zones go. I know that one goes backwards because I remember at one point I was like, you know what? I'm gonna beat Mario, and I was just doing the warp zones, and I got yeah. to one, and it was like, oh, and here's it. This will probably take me to the last world, and it only had one, two, and three, mm-hmm. and it was I was already in the world six, and I was like, oh, they got me. Yeah. I tell you, I almost beat Super Mario Bros. three on the Switch. It would be a riveting story. What? That you almost beat it? No, <laughs> I just mean that I'm. This is the first time I've gotten past like World Two or whatever, because like I, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever been invested enough to get through Mario Bros. Three. No, I've definitely made it to like the Frog World, so at least three. Yeah, I feel like when we played it, we would always just play Mario Bros. Like the right like the mini game yeah, where yeah, we could play at the same time. Like, well, the other thing about that game is that. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like there was no save function once you turned it off. Like, you could save to keep playing. Like, on the original NES I'm talking about. I don't think so. Are you sure? Is there a save file system in the original? I feel like that didn't happen on the NES. It definitely happened on the NES. Because, like, Metroid had, like, the password thing. So did Kid Icarus. yeah, I'm trying to think about it now, but... I cannot. Well, how late was three though? Because there was a. It point, was late. Because there was a point in NES where stuff saved. Really? Yeah, I have. You can save on Star Tropics. Okay. All right. All right. I don't know. I just, I just feel like that game. If you lose, you go back to the beginning, or is it just the beginning of the world? Maybe I don't know. Uh. Anyways, I'm playing it on the Switch. Well, I was playing it. I stopped because I got it got really hard. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't beat it. I'm in like the last world. Um, yeah, just a little, just a little side thing. Link's know? Awakening. So Link's Awakening. It's a. It's not that hard. No, it's not. It's not. It's definitely like I would have. I think they made it easier. I don't think so. I think so. Maybe, like, simple control things, but no, the actual I think, enemies, I don't think so. No, 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 not, like, enemies. I think they made, like, hints and stuff. Because the hardest part of Link's Awakening is figuring out... Oh, you're out. talking about the phone thing? No, the phone thing was always there. Yeah. But, like, so I remember a few things I remember from playing it again. Because I bought it not really recently, but a few years ago I bought it. For the 3DS? No, for Game Boy. Oh, okay. Like, I found a $7 Game Boy Color at Value Village. Mm-hmm. And then went and bought the cartridge, like mm-hmm. thirty bucks or something. And um, I remember playing through. So right at the beginning, let's just. So it's a weird game. You wake up and you're on this weird island, and it gives you very little direction. Mm-hmm. Like you, yeah, you're. It starts with the cool cutscene where you're. Oh yeah, in the Switch one, it's this, like yeah, well, anime. What's really impressive is like watching the on the Game Boy, like, how much it's exactly the same oh, as yeah, the anime version. It's accurate. Like, there's, they make, they, like, recreated these, like, cutscenes from the Game Boy. And the thing that I kept thinking when playing the remake is, did they do this on the Game Boy? Like, did this actually exist on the original version? Because this is a, like, this feels like a modern, like, like what idea. Parts? Like, certain gameplay things, like, how much you use the jumping stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Like, that felt like a modern Zelda mechanic. But what I remember, the reason I'm saying it might be a little bit easier is, so there's a crane game, and you can get a little Yoshi doll Mm -hmm. from it. And uh, so when you get the Yoshi doll, you go out, 
and somebody says, oh, a Yoshi doll. My mom would love a Yoshi doll or something like that. I can't remember. But Dude, be- it's it's a, the mom would love a Yoshi doll for her daughter or yeah, yeah. son or whatever. But immediately as you walk out, I don't remember that happening in the Game Boy 1. I could just not remember it, but I have no recollection. I think I, I remember you just walk out and you've got the Yoshi doll. Really? Yeah. No, you definitely, what do you mean? Like, you didn't have to do the crane game for it? No, you get the crane, you do the crane game, you get the Yoshi, but what I'm saying is you have no idea what to do with the Yoshi. Oh, no, yeah, you definitely talked to, I'm almost sure that, I don't think they changed any of the dialogue. Like, you sure? Like, I don't, what characters say. Because I don't remember them doing a, oh, my mom would love that. I remember walking out of the crane game and being like, now I got a Yoshi doll. I don't know. I I could be wrong. I could I not re- remember. At least from what I've heard people talking about the game, it sounds like it's almost identical. Like oh, in right. terms of characters, in terms of like the very like every everyone thinks that there's something different, but it's it's like certain things. Like the crane game is different mechanics than the original. There's a lot more physics in this than I thought. Like, did you notice the spears? Yeah. Like, when they throw the spears at you, it falls to the ground. Yeah, but, they, like, with physics. Yeah. I've, it's, and not, like, it's not just a falling animation. It's have you have like you done flies. the... Have you had the thing happen where you um, you do a weird swing and the enemy, like, gets shot, like, at weird distance? Well, and, that, like, that's when, on top of, like, a, a immovable object? Isn't that when you get a power-up or something, though? I think it was like using the charge sometimes. Or but there's the strength power up and I remember Oh yes, that's definitely what it was. Using the strength yeah, you can you can get a strength power up in the game that makes your, your character like like It's you, like one hit kill for it's like It's one hit seconds. kill and it also like makes them fly very far mm-hmm. uh, because of the strength. And like I had a couple times where I would hit an enemy and they like get shot into, like if it's in a dungeon they get yeah. shot to the corner of the room and like are standing on the wall like you can't even reach them anymore yeah and it was like this is weird like this is a odd physics uh, odd amount of physics in this game you know what i like about it it's funny it's hilarious it's not like i would compare it to earthbound not as funny as earthbound yeah. but in the same realm of just like People say weird the humor things. is definitely similar to Earthbound, and yeah. like so many weird, um, like characters. Yeah, and they that, don't really make sense, and a lot of like characters that don't really, they're they're not really important to the yeah, story. They're or not anything. Impo- they're like very very characterized and like like a super cool character, but they do nothing. Yeah, like there's a artist that's painting a hippo, and. He's a he's a crocodile. He's a red crocodile, and the hippo he's painting is like a model. And she's yeah. got a bow on, but they do nothing for you. They do nothing to advance the plot. You just talk to them, and he says, "Oh, I'm the greatest artist." And she yeah. she talks. As far says, as, as far away. as I could tell, they don't have any importance to any quest, unless I missed it. But it seems like they're just an interesting character yeah. in the house. There's a lot of stuff like that. And I I still want to say it's my favorite quote, I think, in the game was, um, so you know the boss at any dungeon, the boss might say something like, ooh, you're going to wish you never came into this dungeon. Yeah. Whatever. Something maybe intimidating. The boss in the second dungeon, so the boss in the first dungeon goes, I'm going to kick you in the head or something. Probably mm-hmm. not. But the the boss in the second dungeon goes, ha ha! I'm the bad guy in this one. Ha ha ha! <laughs> is that the genie? Yeah, that's the genie. Yeah, he just says, "I'm the bad guy in this one." Like, yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah, what's I love how much the the bosses all have a character to them, even if they're yeah yeah, yeah. not. Like even the the more creature based ones seem like they have a character to them. Like and like uh you know, there's the there's I can't remember if the giant eagle has dialogue or anything. 
The giant eagle? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't remember. I no, no, because he's got like a oh right, guy there's a little riding. skeleton guy that's in, like running. Like, and he has some character. Yeah, yeah. and you it, and like that one's cool because it's like it's like a a vengeance story because you defeat him earlier in the dungeon. He's like, I'll get back at you, and then yeah. he's like, That was my chance. Yeah, like they have their own little arcs that are kind of funny, and like yeah, like yeah, and. Uh, I don't know if I want to completely spoil the game yet, but it you they it's interesting because of how the uh bosses all really don't want you to go on with your mission. Like they all like give these hints of like you can't do this, you shouldn't be, um, you shouldn't do what you're doing. Don't you know what'll happen? And you're yeah. like, okay, this is interesting. Like it's a little more. You know, it's just interesting uh, compared to other Zelda games yeah. where you're like... You almost feel bad for what you're doing. Yeah. Whereas in every other Zelda game, it's just, no, Ganon's the demon lord that's going to kill everyone. Yeah. You have yeah, exactly. to do this. There's no... That's the other thing about this game is that... It's the only one where Ganon's not really in it. Not the only one. Uh, Link, Link Between Worlds was... Uh, what's her face? Hilda. Isn't it... Isn't she, like, turned into Ganon or something, though? She does, but so does this No, boss. but he just takes, like, the form of Ganon. Is it not the same thing? I don't know. I, I can't remember if it's... if it. They like, called him Nightmares the whole time. Yeah, it's a... You see a Nightmare of Ganon at one point in the game. But... Anyways, it's... It's, but, all, it's that, for sure the only Zelda game... But it wasn't even the final form was Ganon. It went right. from, like, Ganon, and then once you beat the Ganon form, it goes to, like, the final form. Yeah. Right? So this this game, I haven't played through the um, Majora's Mask, but I got a lot of Majora's Mask vibes from the, like, you know, the, like, this little town and, like, uh, a plot that is uh, not about, uh, a you know, Ganon or Zelda or anything like that. It's, like, set in, like, a land where... You know, it has the same thing of, like, Link gets um, transported to this place. He doesn't know how he got there. Now he has to figure out how to escape. But it was so... It was different to me in the other characters, though, like the villagers. Like, so in Majora's Mask, all the villagers are blissfully unaware. Right. Like, there's only one kid that's like, the moon's getting awfully close. And everyone's like, no, Billy, shut up. Right. And he's, like, standing on the roof in, in a panic. But everyone else, everyone in this game, as far as I knew, knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt like every single person you talked to was like, oh, you're going to wake the wind fish, are you? I'll have fun. Right. Oh, you're getting all the instruments to wake the wind fish. Haha, good job. Right. Like, yeah, no one has a has a sense of what, what's going to happen. No, but they all know that you're going to do it. Right. right? Like, nobody was... Like, oh, what a lovely day here. Well, nothing to worry about. They were all like, oh, there's a lot of monsters around here. You should probably go wake the windfish. That's the right, good thing yeah, to yeah. do. Like, they, like they, there's kind of a sense that they think of the windfish as like a leader, even though they never see him. Yeah. And like the main character, Marin, is like, you know, like. Treating her as God, treating the uh, windfish as God, essentially, like hopefully I'll, I can make a windfish, a, a wish to the windfish, and it'll come true. She wishes to be a seagull. Yeah, she wishes she could fly away. No, she says a seagull. She says like a seagull. I think. She wants to be a seagull. Anyways, she wants to fly away with from the island, which is very sweet and yeah, lovely. And never gonna happen. Marin, Marin is a surprising like surprisingly like earnest character in Zelda like compared to like Zelda herself what yeah dog did you play Breath of the Wild I didn't get did you many play of the cut Skyward scenes. Sword okay Skyward Sword yeah but like in this point in Zelda history yeah, when this game came out it's because she wasn't a character then she was just the thing to save no, I know, but what I mean is it's just impressive that they had a, you know, a, a female 
uh, character that you're essentially saving, even though it doesn't really say that you're saving her or anything. But it's the Zelda equivalent uh, in this world, and it's like a surprising amount of character depth for a Game Boy game that had like however many, <laughs> however much memory and power to actually. It's because Shigeru Miyamoto wasn't a part of it. Yeah, that's the other thing about this game is it's like, so like the story of this game is that it was being made in secret, like it was like a side project. Um, I can't remember the name of the guy who was creating it, but he got a bunch of like, um, people from the Zelda team to kind of help him make it, and he had to like ask Nintendo permission to turn it into an actual Zelda game. Yep. And so that means Shigeru Miyamoto, who's like the creator of every Zelda game and Mario game was not involved at all until, like, the latter half. And, and Pushmo. And Pushmo. Yeah, exactly. Can't forget about Pushmo. Yeah, and F-Zero. And, um... That's it. That's it. <laughs> and the Rabbit Crane game from and, the 3DS. Oh, and Pro- and Project that. Robot for the Wii U. <laughs> Project Robot, which turned into... I can't remember. Did it turn into anything? Oh, it turned into the Switch. The uh, Labo, Labo robot, robot game. game. Yeah. Um, Star Fox Guard. Yep. <laughs> so it didn't have his involvement at all until, like, apparently he later did play tests, which did influence their um, development. But it was, like, it's it's why there's a lot of story in this game compared to other Zelda games because uh, it's, like, it's kind of a known thing that, um, Shigeru Miyamoto doesn't want, um, doesn't really care for story in games because he thinks gameplay is the most important thing in a video game, which makes sense. And for Mario, it works. Fantastic. For Mario, it's true. Like, even though there are, I mean, Sunshine. I was gonna and say, Mon- Sunshine and Galaxy are some of my favorite ones because they have, well, did Galaxy he, more so. Did he do anything about the story in Sunshine? Because I could see, like, like. Koizumi? No, no, no. Did Miyamoto? Because oh, I maybe. could see, like, if Miyamoto, that was his, like, one try at story, and everybody was like, why is it so goofy? Yeah, yeah. But I love, I love the freaking, it's the goofiest story ever. Just, yeah. Oh, mama. <laughs> Bowser Jr. is such an oh, interesting creation of a character when you think about it. Dude, he's his, Miyamoto is Bowser Jr.'s mama. <laughs> yeah. That's admitted. That's canon. That's canon. So Koizumi, he made the story for a lot of mainline Nintendo games, and Link's Awakening is one of them, and that's why he's like, like if you think about like um Mario Galaxy and like the storybook book in that. uh Yeah, that was all him, right? That was all him. And yeah. like whenever you see his name in something, it's usually one that has a, even if it's a side thing, there's mm-hmm. somewhat of a more of a story to the game that like yeah is well written and it's like, usually story direction or like even just dialogue. It's yeah. something to do with story, and it's cool because like it really, I think it pulls you more into the world of the game and like makes you, you know, care about the <laughs> the the mission more and like but, the journey you're on. But like. Any if any of you have played the game Astral Chain, that game did not need story. That game's story was garbage. It always pulled you out of the action. Yeah. It like it it didn't make sense. You didn't care about the characters. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's one dude that did. Right. But it was not him. <laughs> I'm just saying, I get where Miyamoto is coming from. No, for sure. Story he, can, like... He has a point when he says, well, I think he's quoted as saying something along the lines of, like, that it distracts from the game, yeah. that it, like, and can make, like, water down an otherwise good gaming experience. I think you can oversaturate a game with cutscenes for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't... Yeah, I'm not a big fan of games that over-rely on cutscenes. Like, I think that I, feel like you're just trying to get through to the next cutscene. I think Breath of the Wild did it the best in that you don't need the cutscenes. If right, you like cutscenes, right. you go hunt them out. 
Well, what's great about Breath of the Wild is how much of the story is told just in the world that you're in. Yeah. Like, you can... You just look around and you're like, oh, there's some ruins you over can, there. Yeah, you can, he, you can like, interpret a story just from, like, yeah, the yeah. things. You and, see, like, you find, like... Like, so there's a few guardians, the giant octopus things that are attacking you. And then all of a sudden you come across a field that's just full of dead ones. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, so something happened here. Yeah, yeah. And like, you can't, if you hunt out the, if you hunt out the cutscenes, you find out what happens there, but you don't need to. Right. If you want to just keep it as like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've been asleep for a hundred years. All the like fossils. Like giant skeletons, those kinds of things. Right. They like I tell a story of like what this land used to be. The giant like, leviathans. Yeah, and it's, yeah, that game uh, is yeah is just really good at telling a background story that doesn't necessarily have to influence yeah. your gameplay think, at all. I think Link's Awakening is good at doing it just by the comments, by the comments of but the characters, no, but and and it's not a big thing of text where they're, like, describing it. It's just, like, rather than saying... Rather than the enemies going, stop, I'm going to kill you. You won't stop us. They go, like, stop. Don't you realize what you're doing? Yeah. And it's like, wait, no. <laughs> yeah. What am I doing? Yeah, and, like, you get really attached to the, like, actual... Like, all the different NPCs in the game, like, from all the villages. And, like, not necessarily even in a village. Like, they're just like... littered... Yeah, there's only like two villages. Right, but I I'm more mean One's like filled with animals. Yeah. I more mean like different houses that yeah. are spotted in different places and like hidden areas you can find like Yeah, the Dompe's well, in there. Dompe's in there, which is new to the the remake, which yeah, That's what I thought. I wasn't sure though. Dompe was not in the original. He was it was that's where the uh, so for the um DX version of the game for Game Boy Color. Yeah. That's where the Game Boy printer thing is. Oh, okay. So they replaced that with that. And some people are disappointed that that wasn't in it or some equivalent to it because that's where you get a bunch of cool, um, like, artistically drawn shots of Zelt of, of Lincoln Marin, like, oh, doing things. So the cool. scene, so there's a secret cutscene in the remake that you can find where Zelda, I keep saying Zelda. Link and Marin are on a cliff, and they say something along the lines right. of like, or Marin says something along the lines of, "Look at this place. This will be our secret place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just for me and you." It, I think she says like, hey, "Link, are you listening?" <laughs> he just blank face staring in nods. the distance. Yeah. Um, but that scene came from the DX version because it was one of the Game Boy printer screenshots you can find or something like that because uh. there's a bunch of those there's a bunch of different um yeah that mini be... mini scenes you can find with the game boy printer stuff like apparently you like took a camera in a specific place and it would make a little mini dialogue thing with whoever uh. you're taking a picture of that'd be cool it was yeah it looked cool and the this the clift one where the where the, this will be our secret place is the only one they kept I think it was the most, like, character-building yeah. one, so they decided to keep it in the game. So what does the amiibo do, the, like, Link's Awakening-specific one? Oh, they unlock chamber pieces, I believe. Yeah, yeah, all amiibos do that, though. Does the know. Link's Awakening one not do anything more special? Maybe it's very specific chamber pieces. I don't know. I, I didn't look into it. I I still want it because I think it looks dope. The the Link Amiibo, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Link's the new Link's Awakening Amiibo. First, yeah, the other thing we should say is this game is beautiful. The game looks <laughs> it like looks a toy. It looks like toys and like very plasticky. Yeah, and in a very cool way, like Link looks like yeah, he's... not not like claymation. I know I've heard a lot of people make the comparison to like Rudolph. No, and I'm like I don't really disagree. see that. I see like. Like almost like a uh, play mobile. <laughs> What's the is that yeah. what they called? Yeah, yeah. Or like just like Le- not Lego, but I not think quite there. But like the the good. texture of it. Not Rudolph. Like, well, because everyone's thinking of the elf that, in Rudolph. Have you seen the the tin toy short by Pixar? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
like a tin toy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He do- they definitely has a Pixar toy feel. No, I mean literally like tin. Okay, yeah. Like yeah. I think it's fit because he's got that shine to him. Well, I think the main comparison they're making is the the elves in Rudolph. Like they have the same black eyes. Oh, I see what they're saying, but not, the shine makes him look tin. It's not definitely clay. the shine that makes it more plastic like than yeah. than the like clay that they use in Rudolph or whatever. But I yeah, I think it looks great. I think it's the one. I'm so happy that they're doing this. I feel like Mario doesn't, like, he, he has had different art styles, but. He's been stuck on the same one for, like, 10 years. Well, that, and, like, if they do a different art style, it's because it's a different series. Like, Paper Mario right, right, is its right. own thing, and it stays off to the side as Paper Mario. Well, or there's, um like, Mario and Luigi. Like, they're a different art style, but they're also off to the side. Whereas this one. It's just no. This is another Zelda game. The art style is different. Well, the other thing. Well, the thing is, that's like, what Wind Waker was. Doing. That's yeah, but that's also what Zelda does. I know right? that's why that's I what like Zelda does with every new entry yeah. in the series. I like that isn't that, a sequel. I like that Zelda does that. Not many other games series do yeah. that really. Like, uh, like I remember being really blown away by uh, the uh, Skyward Sword style when i saw it yeah. the first time it was like this is like cool and like it looks like this table back it's like like pastel like you know like it was sketched you know it has a very yeah. it's it, I, and i i think breath of the wild kind of perfected it like came the right balance between the very um pastel look and mm-hmm. the more modern yeah, realistic look i really like Man, I really like Skyward Sword as far as character design and stuff like that. Yeah. I think they made it, like, more fun. Yeah. Like, like every once in a while you'll find a weird-looking character in Zelda, but they're, like, pretty plain in the way they talk. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, I'm waiting for my brother to arrive. Whereas they, like, made weird characters in Breath of the Wild and in Skyward Sword, but made them weird. Made yeah. them kind of, like, like... What's his name? Goose? Groose. Groose. Groose is awesome. I side note, um so Untitled Goose Game recently came out. Yeah, yeah. There's been a whole bunch of uh fan art for it. I saw someone make a fan art. Untitled Groose Game. Untitled Groose Game and it's Groose with like <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah. Um What was I saying? Zelda Link's Awakening is solid. I would have played it on a higher difficulty if I had realized how easy it was. Because yeah. there's two difficulty settings. There is? Yeah, there's a there's a hero mode. Could or whatever you it's choose called. that from the beginning? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I just assumed it would be fine. But looking back, I didn't yeah, think I only, about how much of a veteran I am. How many at times Zelda. did you die? It has a little die counter. Did you? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. I died eight times. It probably was below ten. Yeah, and like, I'm, I'm not complaining. Like, I'm not like I should have died more. That's that sounds like a weird complaint. I think my biggest thing was the bosses. I love the bosses, like their their design and well, their ideas. To be fair, though, but it was you chose the power thing. This is true. I I got uh the red yeah, uh, at, garb at, at some a, point. Yeah, at a certain point, you can choose whether you want to take half damage or you want to give double damage. Which is also, we should mention, an optional thing. You don't have to get, yeah. get this to get in the game. But but you get a brand new colored suit. But so you I, got it because you get a cool suit. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, but for me, like, I just didn't really die that much anymore or at all after I got the defensive Yeah, one. yeah. But you would just kill everything. But I did, I did find, like, you just have to go and try everything with some of these bosses. Because sometimes it's like, oh, this boss can only be defeated by one item. So I'm pretty sure what hero mode does is make it so that no enemies um, spawn hearts. Yeah. So you can only find, I don't know if you can only find hearts and pots and stuff, but, or whatever. Maybe you have It to, should be vice versa. If 
vice versa. Maybe it was the other way. I don't know. It was something like that. Like, you can't find hearts in some way. But, yeah. And I think it was all enemies do double damage. Yeah. Probably. Um, But it was like, um, yeah, I just found that because I love the bosses so much, I was really disappointed when I was, like, done with it in 30 yeah. seconds. But to me, isn't that always kind of Zelda? Maybe. The, the bosses aren't crazy hard like there's in some, modern there's some challenging ones but they're always it's always the dungeons that are it's about the puzzles sure and the dungeon and i think this game had really good puzzles i feel like modern zelda games though do phases for bosses though and this game didn't really it would like maybe have a second phase and that's it i see what you, yeah like there's at least more stuff but i was impressed with some of these dungeons yeah me too the the like there's two in particular that I'm like was this the Game Boy dungeon? Yeah. This does not feel like a Game Boy would be capable of yeah, making a dungeon like this. I think it's the bird dungeon, right? Yeah, the layers, the four There's like four floors and you have four to four like, floors and you have to carry a ball yeah through this one floor, but you have to like travel back down to yeah. get back up to grab the, the ball. Pu- they reminded me Sort of like this is a bad. It's not gonna help people, but it reminded me of like how you have to play Rush Hour, like the puzzle oh, game okay. where you like sliding the cars around, just in the way that like, oh, I have to slot. Like sometimes what it will be it's is also like, the phone version would be unblock me, <laughs> unblock me. Check it out. Um, but like you'd have to slide the car through and then like slide something that you already moved back into place. Yeah. You know, just the fact that you'd have to like uh slide this. Now move that there. Now go all the way back to where you were doing and slide them all around like it remi- it just you couldn't just continue. There mm-hmm. was no point where you're like, "Okay, I'm done with this section now." Yeah. You were always the whole dungeon was important. That, yeah, that one in particular time. for sure. Like there was There were no- some that were very like one thing to the next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not against those dungeons either. Yeah. Where it's like puzzle to puzzle to puzzle to puzzle. But yeah, this one, but was, that like one was a one whole large puzzle. puzzle. Right, right, yeah. Like it did feel like that. And for sure. just the way that so what you're doing is you're grabbing a giant metal ball and throwing it around and trying to knock down all these pillars so that once you knock down all these pillars, the entire fourth floor collapses into the third so that you can climb up to the boss. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's great. I think it's one of the best payoffs for like completing a puzzle is an entire floor of a dungeon collapsing. Mm-hmm. Yo, so yeah, there's a big payoff to it. It's not too. just. It's not just. You did this whole puzzle. You, you get a key. It's great because you see the out, like it, it zooms outside of the tower. Yeah, and you and you see the entire building start to fall down. And you're like, yeah, I got yeah, it. yeah. It's way better. It's essentially just getting a key because mm-hmm. it's just opening a way to you. But it's way better than just to opening just, a it's chest way be- and getting a key. It's way more key. fun to have to destroy four pillars and yeah. the whole thing collapses. It was so cool. And it's great because, like, they obviously designed it so that everything fits in place when it when – it, or I think it's just two layers that combine. Yeah. The third and fourth level. Mm-hmm. But then it's like – it's because if you can still get to the third level and the whole time – it, it took me a bit to realize that the whole thing was going to collapse. Um, so the, I got, I get, because you could get to the third level without uh, collapsing anything. And you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. There's like a giant yeah. hole in the middle. And then it makes sense. And then, then the fourth full, fourth level cl- falls into the hole. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I thought that was, yeah, that was probably my favorite dungeon. Yeah, I, I think so. There was um I'm trying to think if there was any of the other ones that I was like I was disappointed that the egg was not a dungeon. You know? It was just a puzzle. It was just one puzzle to get to the final boss. Yeah. But the last dungeon I thought was really good too. That's the turtle? Yeah. Rock. And you have to like like I'm trying to think of what it was too. I just it was another one where 
this one it wasn't like the whole dungeon was a bot like all together one puzzle but it was like you still had to go back mm-hmm. like you would go on this whole thing and then come back to where you started because so there's these crystals that when you hit them like platform like walls come the, up. yeah the red and blue yeah so blue walls will come up and then if you hit the crystal the blue walls will go down the orange walls will come up right but in that specific dungeon there was only like two crystals and the dungeon was huge so you had to like go all the way to one crystal and then find oh, your way all yes. the way back and the right. la- the layout was somewhat different because the walls had changed now so it was right. like you had to go a different way. Mm-hmm. I thought it was good, and the like the um. If you guys have ever played Thin Ice, I totally felt that. Game. I totally felt that with the with the platform yeah, thing. So you have to. There's this like concrete laying robot thing that you you press A and then it makes you control and he basically lays a platform over oh. uh like the holes in the area. Yeah, but there's a lot of puzzles in there where like to get the key that's hidden yeah. in the room you have to fill out the entire hole yeah so but, that so that there's no blank spaces left yeah but if that robot runs into any concrete or runs into any space that's already filled he'll just stop yeah and you have to try again it totally felt like it's thin like ice thin ice from, from club, penguin. club penguin and i think those puzzles are so good yeah it was yeah they they were solid. There was only like three, and and the first one was really easy. But well, yeah. no, there were a few because a few of them weren't like necessary, but you could still do them on other places, and you'd get like fifty rupees or something. But it I made don't know you if feel I did good. them all. There was a few where it was like, could you do the one on the lava? I don't think so, right? No, that one you can because okay. it had like, I had single spots. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. I remember this dungeon now. Tokyo. Oh, one other thing I was wondering is if you, in the Game Boy version, you could see uh, bombable walls from the, behind them. Okay, those ones, like the walls that are closest to you? Yeah. Yeah, you could, but they were just as hard to see in this one. Because, like, I'm thinking of, like, in the color dungeon, there's yeah. one wall that's like completely unnecessary. It just gives you a bunch of rupees when you get in. Yeah, and it's like, is there any way that you could have spotted that in the Game Boy? Yeah, see, I think there is a way you could have spotted it, but it's not as visible. Right. That like that's just a hardware limitation where it's like, well, there's not enough pixels to really tell. Yeah. That there's something there. Mm-hmm. Like it's just. I remember, well, I was talking to our dad about this because he played through that entire game. Did he play through the entire game? Yeah, and okay, he cool. and he would have to call the like Nintendo helpline and be like, "Oh yeah, I that's have, so good. I have no idea what's going on here." And they were like, "Bomb this wall." And he's like, "I don't see anything." Yeah. Why bomb that wall? And he's like, "Just bomb it. It's gonna be cool. <laughs> it's gonna be great." And then they'd go through, and he and like it kind of made him mad, but uh-huh. yeah, I love that. People called a Nintendo helpline yeah. back in the day to figure out how to yeah. beat a game. They kind of emulated that. And that, that people knew game. what they were talking about. Like, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, the bomb level in, in Dungeon 7. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think they were, like, specific? Like, uh, yeah, I need help on Link's Awakening. And then they'd call Sharon because she was the Sharon's master of Link awake, <laughs> Link's Awakening. I assume that they have, like, scripts, not just off their head i well maybe but also like that's hard to just go they i'm sure they'd have a I'm yeah at, you're right they probably have the a base knowledge of it left okay you're on the far left um yeah i hope yeah i do hope that and, there's sharon no but the they also Link's awakening and they also like wouldn't want to give you spoilers too so right it's like well so do you have the uh boomerang yet you can get a boomerang oh yeah, they'd kind of do the thing that um, I mean I have no idea. I never called Nintendo helpline, but I would hope that they did the thing that like you get in like exit rooms, where they like 
you know, if you're if you've ever done an exit room, like a cryptic hint, they give you a hint on what the next thing to do, but they'll like make you figure it out. Like, so you found this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you think there might be in this room to that you could use this for? Yeah. Did you walk through this area? Does that tree look at all unusual? Yeah. Maybe if you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those are the best kinds of hits because then you still feel good when you figure it out. Yeah, I'd rather if if they could just figure out how to do some cryptic wizard hints. <laughs> I would call I would call those like helpline type things all the time. Like I don't like doing stuff like that. I don't like looking up walkthroughs or anything because yeah, yeah. I think it. I've done it a few times, but only because like, I did it once for this game. But yeah. it was because I just totally didn't do what the game wanted me to do. Well, I did it once for this game, but only because I didn't, like, it. So I ask an owl how to get through this, because there's little hint owls that you need. Like, you actually need they to actually, get through. You need, they actually, they tell you where the next place is. Yeah. So I ask the owl, and the owl says, ooh, kill the pole voice, and then... To get through this thing. Well, kill the pole voice first, and then the rest of the enemies, or whatever. Yeah. And I had no idea what a pole's voice was. So I had to look up that section, and I was like, okay, what? Who's a pole's voice? But there was no, like, no, like, oh, this point, this dungeon's hard. Yeah. Like, that's lame to me. Mm-hmm. But if... If there was still the helpline, and if when I called it, they had, like, these weird wizard rhyming clues that were like, if you'd like to enter the house of trees, maybe you should check your knees. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would love that. I would call it all the time. The phone thing in the game is funny to me just because of how, like... Oh, and you can uh, meet him. Yeah, that's the best. That See, that's one of those character things yeah. that I love. It's like there's a hint system in the game. Where you just ring up a phone and it's funny. It's like yeah, there's a, no helpline. There's a you phone ring up booth. a phone and they gave you a, and someone will give you a hint. I can't remember his name. It's like it's like Ulrira or something like that. U- Ulrira, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, you can call him and then he'll give you a hint on what the next thing to do. And sometimes they're super like, yeah, presumptuous that you know what you're even talking about. Um, what? I yeah. I just found that he would. So when I when I got out of uh 7th Dungeon before Turtle Rock, the yeah. tower, yeah. this is the part where I had to look up because I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. So I went, before I looked it up, I went to the phone to call him, and he's like, so you've seen the the uh, that the Turtle Rock is impenetrable. Might mean to use something for that. Or he says something like that. Yeah. But I had no idea what he was even talking about because I hadn't seen a turtle. I'm I'm like walking around the overworld. Don't know the turtle up in the left corner. Oh, I knew. I knew that. So I didn't. I just would. I was like, he he's talking like I've seen it already. Mm-hmm. Like I've been there and don't know how to get in. But my my next step is where do I go? And so that's why I had to look up. I had I be- missed the owl that talks to you after you walk and out. tells you to go west. Yeah. So I had to go all the way back to Dungeon 7 and just walk out instead of warping out. Well, I don't know why you warped out. No, I walked out and then warped, like, immediately. No, never do that. I'd walk. You have to, like, walk never to the next do room, that. like, going back never. down to caves. Anyway, so I had the opposite, where it was like, okay, so I'm in the cavern. Okay, I'm in the cavern. Uh, I have no idea what to do. Go find a phone booth. Call him up. Hmm. Maybe you should go in the cavern. Yeah. I was in the cavern. What do I do in the cavern? Yeah. Like, it was always that. And then it was, and, and if it was just me not noticing something and I'd go back and notice it, that was fine. But it was usually like, oh, no, I had to actually go back to the village and talk to somebody so that they would give me an item so then I could go in the cavern. Mm-hmm. It was usually something like that, and I was like, "Well, why didn't they say go back to the village then?" Right. Like, yeah. Why were we talking about this? I forget. We were talking about the game because we're doing a podcast about oh, video games. Right. We can end it now. <laughs> I'm hungry. Did it. I'm hungry too. Um, 
don't know if there's anything else to say. Okay, spoilers. Right now, we're going to spoil the end of the game. Okay. Three, two, one. You're in the Windfish's dream the whole time. I didn't know that when I was going into the game. I thought it was Link's dream. I thought it was Link's dream, too. I was like... Because it's called Link's well, Awakening. It, it is. It's Link's dream as well. Yes. That's but extra you're, spoilers. It's extra spoilers. But it's you. You somehow Link gets caught in, in, in Windfish's dream and is dreaming with him. Well, yeah. Like, I think Windfish... Here's the way I thought it. Windfish, he gets put in a deep, deep slumber, and these weird nightmare beasts are keeping him asleep so that they can stay alive in his dream. Yeah. Windfish, still being a crazy, powerful, massive god-being thing, creates a thunderstorm so that he can knock out Link. So So that Link can join him in his dream. So that Link can save him out of his dream so he can fly around in the sky some more. Okay, interesting. That's how I thought. And also, are we assuming, so in the end, he wakes, Link wakes up, and he's like floating in a barrel in the middle of the ocean. Or like, doesn't he have a raft? No, he's like, his ship exploded. He's hanging on to debris. And he's like, and he wakes up, and at first he's like, oh crap, that was all a dream. Right. But then he looks up and the wind fish is like there flying and real above flying him. around and it's great. But I'm assuming that the wind fish would help him, right? Oh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Cause they never show, I was expecting the wind fish to like fly around and then come down and let him like come on his thing right, and right. fly him to safety. But the wind fish just flies over him and Link's like, yeah, yeah, go do it. Wind fish. And then he flies away. Yeah. And then Link's, Still in the ocean, right? Gonna die? I guess, yeah. I didn't think about that. Um, yeah. Uh, I presumed he found out a way. There is no thunderstorm anymore. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's why all the enemies are like, "Don't you realize what you're doing?" Yeah. Because, like, and some of them at near the end just outright warn you, "Hey, if you wake up the <laughs> windfish, it's." All of this will disappear. We'll all die. It's great because they get like real with you and like, look, hold up a second. Yeah. I know you want to kill me, but understand what we're trying to stop you from doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And w- it's, it's, it's interesting because you don't revisit the characters that you've met at all. What do you mean? Like you don't talk to Marin again before you do this i mean you can you can talk to her but as in there's no like final moment with Marin like saying goodbye or anything like that no it just kind of like at least ends the, when you d- wake them it up it does end with the windfish at least going hey just so you know this world is still real because i can mem i can remember it and yeah and he says something like anytime those memories yeah come back to you remember that they live on or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. which like at first I thought, oh, that's it's like when somebody dies and they go, yeah, but her memory will live on for like that's stupid. But if it's a person in a dream, it's no more real to be in a dream than it is to be in a memory. Right. So I think that's a fair point. Yeah. If yeah. you if you remember the dream, the dream is just as real as it was. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just it's fascinating when you think of like Marin, who's like character that desires to be outside of the dream essentially yeah like but she can't she doesn't know that she's in a dream though it don't yeah <clears throat> it almost makes her the saddest because she's like like everyone else is so content with this island yeah right? and they and, like all they say, don't they tell her there's nothing else out there Marin what are you talking about is the wind fish no 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 i don't see that why because there's no there's no hint to that there's no it's she's too subservient to the windfish, like yeah, because she is the windfish. No, you're subservient to yourself. No, yeah, no, I don't listen to myself all the time. Yeah, but you listen to your subconscious. But I can't control my subconscious. Yeah. What? I don't know. <laughs> uh. Anyways. 
She is though. She's no, it she's make sense. no. The she's owl's not, already she's, the no. The owl's just an idiot. Okay? No, the owl is him. He says that before you wake him up. Does he? He's like, or like he's a guardian for him. Or yeah, something he says like he's that. a guardian for him. So listen, Marin is maybe not. She's in not the entire windfish, but she's like the physical representation of the windfish's desire to not be in this dream anymore. Okay. And she's like So Okay, so if okay, her, okay. If her wish if her wish is to, is to fly is to fly. Okay. Then she We're wants on to something to, here. she wants to wake up <laughs> so she can fly because she's the wind fish. Okay, okay. Marin okay. in Japanese means wind fish. I don't think that's true. What is their Japanese name though? That'd be interesting to know. Probably Marin. Okay, yeah, maybe. Um I I could so I I'm not buying into she is the windfish. What I am buying into now is she's a manifestation of the windfish's desire to be free from this dream. Yeah. More than just she is the windfish. But like they're all the windfish cuz they're his dreams in a way. Yeah. There's some people that are content with it. They're content with living in this island life. Yeah. She's the she's the desire in the windfish to be. That's actually really interesting. Thinking of it like that, that would be a good way to see it. But also, I like the idea of just this tragic character who lives in a completely made up fantasy. Uh, that wants to be free from it. Oh, guys! If you want to like a cool, look up, just like look up art of the windfish. Some cool art of the wind. Oh, I'm sure there's tons of great fan art and whatever for this game, just because of how much, yeah, interesting some, visual no, stuff like in the game there is. Official art, like, like in the instruction booklet and stuff. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, look up just like the instruction booklet windfish. I think picture. I like blue better than the purple they give it. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't really look like the sprite. <laughs> well, that's the game. That's the yeah. DX. Right. I, I just more mean if I saw this in black and white, I wouldn't interpret it as the purple, green, whatever color they give it. But it's a it's a cool thing. They like they like flying whales in their Zelda. Do they have more? There's one more. Is Skyward, it in Skyward Sword? Oh, okay. It's a big. Is it a windfish? Pretty sure he's a god. Wow. So like the windfish. It's weird. Skyward Score, Skyward Score is the only one that, because I'm pretty sure he is a god. Like I'm pretty sure they mention him as a god. Wait, is Jabu Jabu a god? No, no, just a big, big old fish. But is he like? Is there any spiritual significance? He has a spiritual stone, so yes. So he's a spiritual stone of water or whatever it's called. So he's kind of godly. I don't it's know. just. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think they call him a god, and it's like the first time in Zelda that they've done like a to the seven, physical god. Seven, what are they? Seven sages. Sages, yeah. Connected to Jabba Jabba. No, the girl Ro, is Ro, Ro, What's her name? Rota. Rota. Is that right? Rita. Rota. It's not Rita. <laughs> R- Rhonda. Rhonda. So Rhonda. Rhonda's a sage, right? <laughs> I don't know who Rhonda is. Rhonda. The fish Rhonda? girl that eats. Oh, the, we're that still Jabba talking Jabba about the fish. Yeah, she's a sage. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Any, any significant character in, that you can remember in the game is one. Also, the, the, the sage, giant Goron. They confirmed in, in Zelda books now that uh, this, is, this is a side topic now, but that they, uh, the, the sage that you first meet when you go to the sage world with like the big mustache is Saria. No, is <laughs> Sari is a sage too. Uh, is the uh, owl? owl. Yeah. I love owls in Zelda games. Oh, they're the best. Anyways, we gotta wrap this up so we can eat some chorizo sausage bowls. Said. <laughs> I've been trice. I've been tired, and uh, <laughs> uh. 
Uh, we'll see you next time when we get some more soup in the kitchen. That's the outro I came up with a while ago. You, you.